0: Greetings in our Savior's name this evening. It's been a blessing to be here. I, too, want to say thank you for, to the home congregation for what they, have, what they have done and for the sharing of each one. It takes a working together, each filling their part, and it's been a worthwhile time together. Tonight we have the subject, for what is your joy or crown of rejoicing, taking from Thessalonians. Maybe just a little explanation here up front. What is your joy or crown of rejoicing? There's an aspect of that that I believe we experience today. But for the most part, that joy, that crown of rejoicing, I believe is is out ahead. And much of what we feel today is the burden. The burden of the the task. And so we'll be looking at both of those this evening. This topic has caused me to view you brethren, you sisters, you who are ordained to see you in a new light, and with an increased appreciation for your willingness to serve in the ministry the ministry of the gospel and that assures me already that you have considered this question and that you know the answer While the topic tonight is directed largely to the ordained because of our setting, in no way is it limited to the ordained, but it is to all Christians, anyone who names the name of Christ, anyone who is an active believer sharing Christ, and I don't want to exclude anyone here tonight. sometimes we hear it said that the only thing we as parents the only thing that we can take with us into eternity is our children essentially that is the answer to our to our titles question here tonight we come to the end of life and find joy If we receive a crown of rejoicing, it will be because of the fruit of our labor. I have children. My wife and I have a family. We love our children. We care for them. We sacrifice for them. We want the best for them. We provide the best we can for them. And we want to see them prosper and grow and, and mature in life. And then God in His wisdom may just bring a difficult situation into our home. It may be a tragic accident, it may be a bad sickness or a disease where one of the children are next to death. And we as parents must learn that this child, these children are not ours. They are God's. And we must learn that submission of giving them to God. May it not take something tragic. But may we learn that we must give them to God. He has simply placed them into our care for a time. May we guide them that we may return them to him. Both the apostles Paul and John address their readers as, My little children. God has placed this congregation here at Creston into the hands of the local leadership. Into their care. The congregation at home has been placed into the care of our ministry's leadership. And yours, wherever you are. God has called us to be, as it were, a father a father figure, a spiritual leader to our church family. He has placed, wherever we are, he has placed our congregation into our hands, into our care, into our responsibility for a time. Paul to the Ephesians beseeches them to walk worthy of the vocation they are called to. Peter exhorts the elders to willingly feed the church of God being examples to the flock. And we shall receive a crown of glory. I have been carnal enough to say a time or so that if it wasn't for people, my life would be simple. Or at least simpler. (laughs) Life is so demanding Now, we all find ourselves in different stages of family life. Some of you are past. And some of you are looking forward to that. And there's those of us who are between. But the midlife, family life, is all work. Add to that your vocation. Whatever it is you work that business that you are growing. Add to that our church, our school culture, and all the things that feed into our lives. Add to that being called to the ministry. What God has called you to. And all of a sudden... In a new way, your life is on display. Your life is on display before your church family. Not only that, but you have now become responsible for every member in your family, in your church family. And then there are numberless, other opportunities that call on us and call for our time. There is always another need. There is always another matter that is calling for your attention. We are pulled, stretched, and challenged. We're scratching for answers, praying for wisdom and calling for another minister's meeting to try to sort through the need. Where is the joy? Why does God allow difficult situations? Why does he place people into our lives that require so much input, time, energy. This relates to any of us. People that God brings into our lives that takes, takes a, that takes a lot from of us. A lot of time, a lot of energy. Why? Why do differences surface within our ministerial teams, or between brother to brother? Why do these things rise that give potential to driving wedges and building walls and, and separating us? Why does it happen? When our focus is so concentrated that we become short-sighted, and our energy is so expended that we are exhausted. What is our joy? What is our crown of rejoicing? Paul gives us a window into his life. And what he found, and I believe it's an answer to our question. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapters 11 and 12. I don't know what all what all was was going on here in Corinth as Paul was addressing them. But Paul felt a need to bear his heart. And here in chapter eleven, I'll read verses twenty one to twenty seven. Down through the chapter here, previous of what we're where we're going to start reading, Paul is uh, well. He's not one to boast, but here in this chapter he is he is um, somewhat laying himself out. Verse twenty one: I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often. In cold and nakedness. These were all physical hardships that Paul, through his life, had experienced. All for the sake of the gospel. I'm confident his body was nothing to be proud of. He had endured so much and he goes on to say in verse 28 but besides all these external difficulties and afflictions that I've been through on top of that daily I bear the burden of the responsibility of the churches my heart is heavy with the weight Of the churches. He goes on in chapter 12. God has given me revelations. In regards to the gospel. Truth that is world changing. Has eternal impact. Lest I glory in that. There There was a thorn in the flesh that was given me, lest I glory. God allowed this thorn in the flesh, something that Satan could use to afflict me. Paul finally comes down to the point of saying, there is one thing in this life that I can glory in. And that is in affliction. I know what that is. It's in my weakness, in my pain, in my infirmities. Let's go to chapter 4. Verses 5 to 7. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Brethren, we like to exhibit our strength. And our best persona when we are around other people. But do we understand that God has called us to a work that we can't do to reveal our weakness, to reveal our humanity? God knows that we need to face our own weakness so that we will lean on Him. Verses 8 to 12. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing, in the bo- bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Here we have the principle of life rising out of death, sowing and reaping, as we've heard already in the last couple of days. And Paul says here, the death is ours. We die that you might experience life. Back to chapter 11, the first two verses. We've read of Paul describing the difficulties he has experienced. Verses 1 and 2. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. The answer to our question, what is our joy? What is our crown of rejoicing? Here we have Paul beautifully articulating the joy of ministry. What did Paul find joy in throughout his life of difficulty and pain and infirmity? It was that he would present, one day, he would be able to present a pure bride of Christ to God. Pure, chaste virgin. A bride for the Lamb. The Lamb who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. We can serve to bring back to Him a pure bride. That will be joy. I think it says it well, of what God expects of us as leaders, spiritual fathers, with our calling comes a tremendous responsibility for those that he has placed into our care. 1 Corinthians 1, 4-8. Again, we have Paul rejoicing over these these children of his. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3-5 We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it, is, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy unto th- of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer." What was joy to Paul? It was to see these faithful followers walking with God, growing in faith, growing in love toward one another, growing in patience, patience in tribulation. Paul watched that, he witnessed that, and that brought him joy. we experience, as we spend time with people, as we work with them, as we develop relationships with them and walk alongside of them and, and guide them, we, we get to know them. And we learn to appreciate them. And our love for them grows as that relationship grows we have paul's testimony of that and we find that as in our own experiences <clears throat> i'd like to move from paul to jesus now we have jesus our perfect example and jesus who is the one who has called us to walk the path of Leadership for those of us who have been called to that. But just as we all have been called as followers of God to walk His path, to live out the gospel, and to draw others, help others find the light of the gospel, we have Jesus. Jesus who has called us, we have we find that he has walked that path ahead of us. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. That perfect example, he was willing to demonstrate himself, being the very son of God, demonstrate the very thing he calls us to. Read the first five verses. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. I'd like to lift four things out of these verses and we aren't going to look at them in the order they are given in the first one we want to notice is the author of our faith before we go into that we just have here Jesus who is the it says the author of our faith he is the one who Who opened the way and provides the path of faith for us to walk. Who for the joy that was set before him. That joy, I believe, is is yet to happen. As the Lamb's bride enters heaven, I believe will be that fullness of joy. He was willing to take the shame, endure the contradiction of sinners and death in light of the joy that was set before him. What an example of us. All right. Jesus, as the author of our faith, Revelation 13.8 speaks of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. We understand that it was part of the plan from the beginning. As though it had already happened, before time began, God had established that Jesus would die to redeem His people. Deuteronomy and Zechariah speak of God's people as the apple of his eye. Something that he loves, something that he cherishes, something that he holds and protects, cares for. Numerous times in the New Testament we're told that we are bought with a price. We are purchased, we are bought with not something corruptible, but something incorruptible. The precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. As the church of God, Jesus called the head of the body, the shepherd, the bishop of our souls. He is the author of our faith. Hebrews 5 5 to 10 So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest but he that said unto him thou art my son to day have i begotten thee as he saith also in another place thou art a priest forever after the order of melchizedek who in the days of his flesh that Jesus went through to to experience humanity. Even in that time of, of approaching the cross when Jesus cried and wept, knowing that God could save him from this moment, yet he was obedient to the plan of the Father. we have the key here and that is that obedience jesus learned obedience i don't know what all that means but he learned obedience as he followed through with the father's plan and notice he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what that obey him just as jesus learned obedience so we must learn obedience The one who is the author of our faith is the finisher of our faith. He will finish that work that he has begun in his children. Secondly, we pick out the race that is set before us. We've spoken some of that already. Life is a life of servanthood. the life of a leader, the life of the Christian, is a life of servanthood. One example of Jesus is the one we see in John 13, where Jesus is with his disciples and he, as their Lord and Master, knelt down and washed their feet. Servanthood. Very key in the call to leadership, to be a servant. It's not a popular place to be. It's not a place that is gratifying of self. But Jesus says it is a very rewarding place to be. Those that obey reap joy. Paul says in First Corinthians ten thirty three, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. We see that in the life of Paul, how he was willing to just give up himself for the sake of the church. Philippians 3 Then we have a testimony of Paul. 10 to 14 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead not as though I had already attained either were already perfect but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus brethren I count not myself to have apprehended But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, the joy. Paul knew that ahead was joy, was the prize. And he was willing to identify with the suffering of Jesus, which is was the call today that in his tomorrow he might reap the joy. We need a commitment, a commitment to follow Jesus, a commitment to identify with Jesus in his suffering and death. We need that commitment that doesn't hinder God's plan. Second Corinthians 6, 3 and 4, "...giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed." But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Not getting in the way of what God would like to work work out through us. Thirdly, I'd like to lift out the chastisement. Chastisement is correction. We're familiar with that from our growing up, or from our family life. Correction. Chastisement is pain. It's suffering. But chastisement is also a sign of love, a sign of sonship. Job 23.10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Psalm 94.12, Blessed is the man whom thou chastisest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. There is joy. There is joy that comes out of chastisement. 1 Peter 1.7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. There we have that faith that, that produces action today unto the day of the appearing of Jesus Christ same book chapter 4 verses 12 and 13 beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed ye may be glad also with exceeding joy we might not have joy at the moment but there will be joy in that that day there will be a reward. God refines his children through affliction. And we find as we as we meet people, often the most patient, the most gentle, the most humble people are those who have greatly suffered. Those who have, have learned. To respond correctly to that to that suffering, that chastisement. Fourthly, I'd like to lift out the joy. Back to our, our theme verse, First Thessalonians two nineteen. <clears throat> know we went the long way around but here Paul says for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming for ye are our glory and joy you you faithful followers you who have responded to the call You who have said yes to Jesus, ye are our joy. Third John, one to four. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Is there joy in the heat of the battle? Absolutely. It takes different forms. I forgot to bring it with me then, but I have a little note from a second grader at home to his preacher. That brings joy. There is joy today. There will be joy when we meet our maker, but there is joy today, and let's not miss that. Let's recognize the work of God in the lives of our brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians 7, 3-7. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that ye are in our hearts to die and live with you. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all your tribulation. For when we were come unto Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. What carried Paul on? in his afflictions yes it was God but he found joy in his children that his children cared for him his brothers and sisters he was comforted he was encouraged let's not miss that When there is labor of love, recognize it. Recognize the steps of faith that are taken by your brothers and sisters, the victories over sin, the faithful service, the ministry of encouragement, the unceasing prayers. We all are many members in Christ. But we are one body. Many members in one body. We all contribute many different gifts. Recognize those gifts and rejoice in them. We are not alone. We are in this together. Psalm 126, 5 and 6 They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. John 4.36 Both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And the rejoicing is because of its eternal fruit. There will also be that eternal joy for the believer, for the one who has labored, for the one who has been faithful. It's hard for me to imagine what that day will be like when we stand before God. Yes, we will each one give account of ourselves. But think about it, that's, that's not where it stops. My goal is not just to reach heaven, and it shouldn't be any of our goal to just reach heaven. Will we not have to answer for many, many other people? The people that we have affected, the people that we have walked with, the people that God has put within our care, we we must answer for them, will it be with joy? Have I put my all into serving, into giving? That I may enter God's presence with joy. What a wondrous moment to be together there before the throne with the pure, spotless bride of Christ, the Lamb who has been slain for each one of us. Truly, today, my brothers and sisters are my joy and will be our crown of rejoicing. Just a couple more verses. Second Timothy chapter 4. I want to leave with you. May this be each of our testimony. Yes, the burden can be heavy. But may we be faithful. May we, as we rest on the one who is our life, is our strength, may we come to the end of life and say, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. May we all be there.